Blog Talk Radio. Good day, fellow Beatles fans, and welcome back to another steamy episode. It's steamy outside right now here in Pennsylvania of uh, I Saw the Beatles. This is episode 31, and we've got a really great guest today. Her name is Ida Langsam, and she's, she's, uh, she's from New York, where she's got to see the Beatles three times in New York. Uh, when she was younger. Um, hello, Ida. Hello. Hello. Are you are you born and raised in New York? I am. Yeah, you, and you know, while we were talking before the show started, you don't even have an accent. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Sometimes, sometimes I like I like being around people from New Jersey and New York just just for the accent. I think it's the it's the Jersey girl in me. Anyway, so you got to see the Beatles three I times in, in yep. New York City, and so let's start with the first one and get the details. So, how old were you the first time you saw them? Thirteen. Uh, Thirteen. Wow. And yep. where was this? Um, Barfield Stadium. Uh, mm-hmm. I was living in Manhattan at the time, and it never, ever occurred to me that I would end up living in Forest Hills, just a short walk away from the stadium. <laughs> do you feel Do you feel like attached to this? Do you Do you Do you, do you get to see the stadium where you live? I mean, do you <laughs> pass and stuff. If I go on one of my walks, it's maybe a fifteen minute walk from here, um, and they so you- still have concerts there during the mm-hmm. summer. So sometimes. I go to that. So the stadium oh, wow. is still very much in my peripheral vision. Do you, I, I got to ask, do you, do you actually think of every time you enter that stadium or see that stadium, do you think about being 13 and seeing the Beatles there? Absolutely. Even for like, even the split second, you, you know, it's like, this is where it began for me. You know? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, there's, there's no way that you, I could. I don't know about anybody else. There's no way that I could think about the stadium without thinking about the Beatles performing there. Yeah, so you were 13. Uh, you lived in Manhattan. And um, who'd you go with? My then best friend um, and my mother. I mean, <laughs> I was too young to go alone, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. Actually, it was my mother who bought me the tickets, and they were so so expensive. They were five and a half dollars. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I remember um, I remember that. I mean, I was a 70s child and five dollars was a lot of money in the 70s. So I couldn't mm-hmm. imagine what it seemed like in the in the 60s. But my, my mom knew that I was a fanatic fan. I, I have this recollection that we were somehow we were in Grand Central Station. I don't know why. And mm-hmm. there was a, a ticket booth that was selling tickets for Broadway shows and uh, other events. I had very little knowledge of of the process at that point, mm-hmm. um, and I uh, I saw uh, on, they had written on a chalkboard what shows they had tickets for sale, and mm-hmm. I saw the name the Beatles 
I had no idea they were coming on tour. I didn't know any of that. I was just, you know, too young and too mm-hmm. inexperienced. And I saw that, and I begged my mother, please. And, of course, she had to get two tickets because I couldn't go alone. Right. Um, and my best friend at the time, we became best friends because of the Beatles. She sat ah. in front of me in school in a class, and mm-hmm. um, I saw her looking at a Beatles magazine under the desk while the teacher was talking, <laughs> and that was enough for me. It's like, you like the Beatles? Yeah. Who's your favorite? Paul. Me too. And that was it. You know, we <laughs> best friends. So um, she actually couldn't afford tickets, so she entered a contest one of the mm-hmm. newspapers had or they were giving away tickets to like 10, 10 people or something, and mm-hmm. she happened to win. So she oh, wow. got to go, um, but her tickets were way up further than mine. So mm-hmm. she went with her mom, and I went with my aunt, and her mom and my aunt sat in the worst seats, and she and I sat in the better seats. Oh, well, that was, that was nice of them. Yeah, we wouldn't have let them do anything else. Are you kidding? Can you imagine? Oh, they would have gone crazy. What did your mom think of the Beatles? I mean, to be so kind as to go with you. I don't think she had an opinion about the Beatles um, other than in relation to me, you know, knowing how much I loved them. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, I don't know that they'd even be on her radar, although – the first time they appeared on TV in the States was on the Jack Parr show, which was the Tonight Show at that time. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I guess I was 12. Um, yeah, I guess I was 12. I was already asleep because that shows up very late at night. And mm-hmm. I remember my mother coming in, waking me up and saying, you have to come and see this. So I got up wow. and I sat on the sofa. My father was to my right. Mm-hmm. And my mom was sitting on a chair to my left, and they came on. It was a black and white uh, clip from England. Mm-hmm. And I, my mother said, what do you think? And I said, well, the music's really good, but that hair has got to go. And how quickly your, that opinion probably changed. You know? Very much so. Yep. Yep. So it was funny because you, had, you hadn't heard of the Beatles, but she woke you to let you see them? Yeah, I think, you know, he said something about, I don't know what the Jack Parr might have said, but it might have been something like, this is the newest teen craze from England. Ah, okay. I don't really know if she had ever heard of the, I can't imagine she did, because that was the first time they had a, a clip of them in the States. Mm-hmm. So I, mm-hmm. I don't imagine she had heard of them before, but she, I guess she knew me. I was um, an Elvis fan, so she knew that I was into pop oh. music. Yeah. Were you an only child? Yep. I still oh, am. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I just wonder. It just you know you're not mentioning siblings, and a lot of times she, the the idea of siblings come you know or the the story of siblings comes up when I when I question people about you know their experiences where they're usually the tag along little kid with their teenage you know sibling to go to see the Beatles you know just what you want your little kid with but you know you seem like you had the great parents i mean they'd wake you up to see a clip on tv late at night and your mom yeah. attends the concert with you 
Um, well, my aunt, my mom, this, I don't know, my aunt was the three years younger than my mom. And she and I were oh, always okay. very close to my aunt. She didn't have any children of her own. So um, for whatever reason, you know, my mom said my aunt should go with me. And my aunt was thrilled. It, it's just bizarre to me to think that my aunt and my friend's mother went to a Beatles concert. Right, right. But, you know, they, it gave them something to talk about, too. You know, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> so I'm sure it wasn't. It wasn't there. I don't think it might have been the most fashionable thing within their within their social circles. But I have no doubt that it was still something pretty big. You know, you know, they probably did it with a roll of their eyes, but more in a because uh, they had to roll their eyes at the idea of going. But you know, at the same time, it was a little with a little kind of wink. You know, like. Hint, hint. Guess what I got to do? You know, <laughs> I I don't know. I don't know. Both both my family and my friend's family were um, survivors from the Holocaust, so they were first generation American. We're my friend and I are first generation American. And oh wow! So our our parents' style of child raising was a little different than a lot of my friends' parents, although I lived in a neighborhood where a lot of the kids were uh, children, first-generation children of Holocaust survivors, so it mm-hmm. wasn't that unusual. But mm-hmm. I, I, I don't think they were rolling their eyes simply because they knew how much it excited me was their focal point rather than, mm-hmm. oh, I've got to go to this concert with screaming kids. Yeah, I think I think you I, I think you also got blessed with you know parents who you know as as their only child they wanted to make sure that you got what you you know you were a happy child and you know I give them a lot of credit for that a lot of parents you know even even only having one child they can still do a pretty good job of ignoring it <laughs> or <laughs> well, still being bad parents. That. I, I always say I was an only child because my parents got it right the first time. Mhm. And I think you got it sounds like you got great parents. So you got to see you got to see them when you were thirteen at Forest Hills. When was the second time? Um, a year later at Shea Stadium. Mm. Now that must have been that very much bigger stadium. I don't know Forest Hills Stadium, so Yeah. Uh, for, um Shea Stadium holds like fifty six thousand people. Wow. Wow. And who did you go yeah, to, who did you go to this show with? The best friend. We went just the two of us. We were at that point I guess we were old enough to go alone. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I know as I said a lot of the, a lot of my guests, you know, I'm always surprised that, you know, at at around 13, 14 years old, they're allowed to go to these concerts alone. Um it was and, a different you know, world. Yes, it was. <laughs> Yes, it was because, you know, I had one guest and I even had the radio station DJ from the same um, show, you know, she was on one of the six buses of kids that went from Albany to um, to uh, Atlantic City, I think it was, and New York and Shea. They, take bus, they were taking busloads of kids who won tickets, and these weren't kids who won two tickets. These were kids who won one ticket, and uh-huh. it – and I was like, you mean all those parents put their kid on a bus with a bunch of DJs? <laughs> like I said, it was a different time. Nobody expected a problem. Yeah, and kids kids were much 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 better behaved back then. I'm sorry, but they were, <laughs> you know, they were 
you know, it was a big, exciting thing. And the Beatles was the excitement of the day, not trying to run away and figure out what else you can get into. So, uh, mm-hmm. so your friend and you are going to see the Beatles at Chase Stadium. You know, do you remember getting dressed up, doing your hair? Oh, yeah. I mean. Because Paul was going to see us. Of course. <laughs> of course. We had a sign. Um, you did? Do you remember what it said? Paul. I don't remember making it, but um, we had a sign with us that, of course, Paul was going to see, right? <laughs> yeah, of course. I, actually, you sent that picture. I'll have it um, when this is when this is posted. I'll be sure to have the picture on the uh, uh, the timeline of pictures that'll go by. If if everybody's if you listen on if the people are listening on Blog Talk Radio, they'll be able to watch the slideshow of pictures that you sent from okay. from those days. Um, did you scream? Of course. <laughs> <laughs> now, wait, let's let's go back. So, I want, since I just asked you if you screamed in Shay, what about the year before? I'm, I'm sure I did, just because everybody around me was. It's not like uh-huh. I went there intending to scream. Right. I, I didn't know what to expect. It was my first concert. I had absolutely no idea what going to a concert was like. I just uh-huh. knew I was going to see the Beatles. Um, the only reference I had was uh, video clips, or not video, film clips that I had seen of them in concert elsewhere. Of course, everybody was screaming in the clips. So that was de rigueur. You know, it was you had to, if you were, if you wanted to get into the stadium, you had to scream. Right. I, I guess, yeah, so I guess I guess you were just kind of following along with all the older, you know, the older, more more uh, uh, experienced concert goers were doing at the time. It was the excitement. I mean, you know, a 13-year-old girl, we were just excited by the Beatles, by, by the four individual members, by the group together, by the music, by the thought that we were in the same area as the Beatles, mm-hmm. that we were breathing the same air. You know, it was, you got to put yourself in a 13-year-old mind. Oh, yeah. And 13-year-olds, it doesn't take much to make them scream to begin with, let alone. I can't imagine putting them in front of the Beatles. Yeah. Well, you think about anybody that became a huge pop hit. And girls mm-hmm. were always screaming. Michael Jackson, they were screaming. And, Whoever you want to name that was a big pop star um, that appealed to a young audience. Like, I don't think screamed at a Bruce Springsteen concert unless they were yelling, Bruce, Mm -hmm. (laughs) or a Bob Dylan concert. Um, So it's when it's young kids. And, you know, I just have my own um, theory about what it is. They're young girls. And Mm -hmm. I think... The excitement of seeing their idols is mm-hmm. akin to their first sexual experience. Yeah, yeah, I, I could see, I could see where where you could think that. It's almost like it's a discovery of yeah. something new, and it's an excitement. It's an internal excitement because you're internalizing mm-hmm. the music, and so your your body is feeling things that it hasn't felt before. Mm-hmm. And you just, you know, I think it's the natural response is right. to 
scream mm-hmm. to let it out. Mhm. Mhm. So so you you go to see Shay and and do you remember how you got there? Subway. Ah, oh boy. <laughs> Sorry. The two 14-year-old girls on the New York subway. <laughs> no, the, the subway the subway was absolutely filled with kids going to the concert. Mhm. Mhm. It's not like yeah, but we I, were the I, only thing in my I, I this is all my perspective now, you know, and this is why I said I was explaining to you how, how, you know, I get to live and the listeners get to live vicariously through everybody's stories because we'll never know what that's like to be 14 year old getting on the New York subway, you know, with just our friends. Um, you know, it's not something that, you know, it's that, that kind of it's never going to happen again, you know, for anybody that, um, you know, times have changed so much, you know, and obviously we're not going to get any younger. And, you know, I'm not sending any 14-year-olds up on the New York to ride the New York subway any day soon. Um, So you get there, your hair's all done, you're screaming, you know, uh, you walk out of there, you have such a high and buzz and everything. What do you do with yourself after something like that? I mean... When we left, when you're talking about when we left the, the stadium? Right. There was such a crowd leaving, and everybody was was chattering and talking and talking about the concert. And oh, John looked at me, and you know, oh, did you see the way George smiled? And whether that was true or not, that was their perception of what happened at the concert. It was mm-hmm. it was such a high just walking out of there. Mm-hmm. Um, I I had sent you a picture of I had pulled some grass out of the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, from I I forget I think it was from Shay I think it was from the show at Shay and mm-hmm. you know this the Beatles were not anywhere near that particular piece of grass but I pulled it out because it it was there when the Beatles performed <laughs> right what... well no it, it's a reminder of that day that that grass is from that day I mean grass doesn't mm-hmm. take long to grow so you know. It's, it, it it came alive. It was alive. It was there. It was that day. It'll always be a part of that day yep. that you get get to get to relive. I I, I get it. Of course, boys would think we're crazy. <laughs> you know, boys were into the Beatles because of the music and the the popularity of the individual members. Mm-hmm. Girls were into the Beatles because they picked one that they fell in love with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So most girls reacted, again, on a, on a sexual level, a 13-year-old sexual level, which means putting pictures of your favorite Beatle up on the wall and maybe kissing the picture and mm-hmm. reading everything you can about them. And the music mm-hmm. was part of the connection to that individual band member. Whereas I think boys didn't, except in some rare cases, the boys didn't feel that way. They they looked at the Beatles and said, wow, I want to be like that. I want to be famous. I want to attract all the girls. Um, I love their music. I want to I want to play guitar. Right. And, 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 that's, so that's, and that's, that's how the Beatles got started, because that's what John Lennon said about Elvis and about right. His idol. I want to be that person. I want the girls. I want the fame. You know, and it's it's like a circle, 
you know, yep. and then the next generation. And how many how many artists have said, you know, it was it was that night on Ed when Ed Sullivan show right. aired. Right. I wanted a guitar. I wanted to be a musician. I wanted to be John Lennon or Paul McCartney. Um, right. Exactly. But for a different reason than girls. It's the physiology of, of male versus female. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So after you get done seeing them at, at Shea, I didn't ask you, how'd you get those tickets? Do you remember? I, I sent in for them. It's just my life is such a bizarre circle. Um, I had sent in for them because at the time, I guess you had to send a money order. They asked you not to send cash, but I'm sure plenty of people did. Yeah, and back then. I remember doing that in the 70s. You could, you weren't supposed to, but you did. You sent cash through the mail. Yeah, it was a different time. Um, <laughs> all, the, all the requests with the money orders went to Sid Bernstein's office. Ah, and. And I happened to be one of the envelopes that got tickets. It never occurred to me that I wouldn't get tickets. But then mm-hmm. again, 56,000 seats, you had a pretty yeah. good chance. Yeah, yeah. So the next time, so one more. You get to see him one more time. When is it? Or when was it? it the, the next year. Mm-hmm. At, uh, also at Chase Stadium. Oh wow. Mhm. Mhm. So you have the experience now. You've seen them twice. You know right. you know the ropes. You you do up you get your hair all done. Do you wear did you, put, did you buy a new dress, a new outfit? No, I I actually I wore pants. I have a picture somewhere. I couldn't find it for you, but I have a picture somewhere before we went to the concert. Same friend. Okay, um, now did you scene, Now at this actually, time do you do you still believe Paul's going to see you or are you more realistic this time going in well i i didn't think he was going to spot me in the crowd mm-hmm. <laughs> but i wanted to do something to have him notice me although i know he wouldn't see me so we we painted a big sign on a a huge sheet i don't know if it was a, a bed sheet or i just remember it was black and mm-hmm. we painted Happiness is Paul. And a funny Aww. story, it was on the floor in my bedroom, and my friend and I were painting it. We decided to start on the right-hand side and paint backwards because if the other way we were afraid we would smear the paint. Uh-huh. So my, my father came by as we were doing this, and all that we had gotten up to was P-I-N-E-S-S, in the happiness. Uh-huh. And my father didn't know what we were doing, and he read P-I-N-E-S-S. Oh, my God. <laughs> and we explained to him, no, no, it's just happiness. We haven't finished it. <laughs> oh, my Lord. <laughs> stories I've ever heard in my interviews. Oh, wow, that's great. By then, my, my friend had family, had moved out of Manhattan and actually had moved to Forest Hills. Uh-huh. So I was still living in Manhattan at that point. 
And um, so I took the subway out to her apartment, and that's where we you know, got dressed and got ready to go. And so we took the subway from there as opposed to from Manhattan. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a closer trip. And, yeah, like you said, we were we were all of, what were we, 15, 16 at the mm-hmm. time? You know? mm-hmm. yeah, we were experienced. <laughs> right. But, I mean, do you – Knowing that you, you know, looking back on that now, do you see a difference in the 13-year-old, the 14-year-old, and the 15-year-old seeing them? I mean, was did, was there a different approach each time? I mean, I can imagine the innocence of a 13-year-old. Um, uh, confusion comes in about the 14-year-old, but by the time you get to 15, you're like, oh, I'm an old hat at this. I've seen them, you know. Yeah, I know there was way. a different sense. There was a sense of competition with all the other girls in the stadium. Mm. And I don't know how else to explain that. Um, We got there a little bit early so that we could hang the sign up. We were in an area that did not have um, a banister to hang anything off of. So we went up a level to the higher level and found a space where there wasn't any banners hanging because there were banners all over. People had made signs and hung them all over. And we found a spot that wasn't, wasn't near where we were sitting, mm-hmm. but we could see it from where we were sitting. And we, we hung that up over the banister. And at one point, I, I saw Paul was looking at the different signs. He was just reading them all. And... Mm-hmm. Um, he was reading them in the area that our sign was. So I was completely convinced that he saw our sign. And um, he had said, oh, wow, look, because we were looking through binoculars. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we went to collect the sign after the show, and it had been stolen. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you, I'll have to find that person and interview them. <laughs> <laughs> that would be oh, interesting. Um, Wow. I mean, I mean, just the thrill of three, you know, three years in a row, you know, being able to see them now. Have you seen Paul? I, I don't know if you've told me this or not, whether or not you've seen Paul in concert since. Yeah. Yeah. I have and? a couple of times. And I just love him. You know, whatever he wants to do is great. <laughs> you don't have you know, I don't to love every song that he's put out, but seeing him in concert, he's a great showman. Yeah. Do do you bring a sign? No. Because now he reads those signs. Right, right. <laughs> I'm right. still waiting there's, for there's my, one, my one sign One friend I have who had written a sign, um, Paul signed my foot. And uh, he, he, he saw the sign and had her come up the mm-hmm. sign. And he signed her foot and then she got it tattooed. Yeah, I have a friend close by same thing he signed he signed her back shoulder and mm-hmm. um and she had it tattooed yeah i i've wondered whether or not you know of course i'd, I'd let him sign a part of my body but I, i'm sitting here thinking where would i want him to sign you know where would i want a paul mccartney tattoo i mean it's not exactly something i want to show everybody all the time so but you Lock know your chest <laughs> You know, across my chest, that would be a little mountainous, you know, up and down over the hills, you know. 
sorry. <laughs> sorry, listeners. Um, just became PG. Um, there are. Uh, <laughs> anyway, Ida, it's been so much fun talking with you. And uh, yeah, our 15 minutes is up twice. But you know, it was it was so great to hear your stories. And, and what you know, actually, even your analysis of, of what you think of, you know, the women um, and their experiences seeing and, and, you know, loving the Beatles at such a young age. Uh, I think you're, I think you got something there about it being like a first sexual experience. I think you're mm-hmm. right. Just my opinion, you know. Oh, I'm sure there'll be plenty of people who agree. Anyway, thank you so much for being on the show. And My thank pleasure. you, listeners. Thank you, listeners, for listening to another episode and come back next week when we have an all-new guest. Thank you, Ida Langsam, for, for being our guest. Goodbye, everybody. You're very welcome. Bye-bye.